Hello and welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Marianne Jepson, your co-host, along with Father John Sims Baker. He is the Vice Rector of the College of Liberal Arts at the Pontifical College Josephinum, and I'm a Catholic therapist here in Columbus, Ohio. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining. This show is really for you. If you have any questions about the faith, matters of faith or matters of life, whatever, um, Father will answer them for you. <laughs> Thanks, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll lead him on. No, we're here for you, but um, no matter what, we are here for you. So please send your questions to abidinginhope.com. So, Father, as always, it's great to have you with us. It's great to be had. We have, we have fun, <laughs> don't we? This show is uh, not only fun. about serious topics, <laughs> but we also have a good time together, and we hope we bring you a, a few laughs as well along the way. So would you please lead us off in prayer, Father? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you and glorify you. Please give us the great trust and faith in you to surrender our lives to you, uh, to turn over control to you in faith, in trust, and let us do so joyfully with hope, that you are always faithful. If there's any one place where we can have complete confidence, it is in you, in placing our trust in you, surrendering ourselves to you. And we ask for this, all of these great gifts and graces today through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we also ask our Blessed Mother to pray for us as we say, Hail Mary. Full, full of, of grace, grace. The, Lord the Lord is with, is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we have some great questions here, Father. Um, some are, well, I guess they're all pretty serious. They're about serious topics, and we're so grateful um, to have our listeners send these questions to us. We thank you for that. And again, um, you can put questions there, too, and be a part of our show at abidinginhope.com. Here's our first question. Are you ready? Sitting on ready, rocking on go. Okay, here we go. Uh, this one is um, a question, and it goes as this. How does a parent handle the LGBT situation with your adult children who think it is the right thing to accept the lifestyle of those who say they are LGBT? The adult children say they are just in love with one another as a man and woman. It gets very frustrating when we explain that Scripture, God, states that marriage is between a man and a woman. It is one thing to have or be lesbian slash gay as long as one does not act on it. We talk about suffering with them, et cetera, to no avail. Please help. Thank you, and God bless. Um, So, Father, how would you like to take that? Well, first of all, I'd like to maybe narrow things down a little bit or clarify terms just a little bit. Um, I think uh, as the, the... person who wrote this question later uh, shifted their the use of words to uh, lesbian, gay. Yeah, I noticed that, That too. might be an easier concept to use, or same-sex attracted, or something like that, um, rather than the LGBT, which opens up even sort of 
maybe other areas as well. So let's just take maybe that that particular um, uh, question as as pertaining to uh, as this this questioner said, lesbian, gay, or those who are, are same sex attracted, or even homosexual. Yes, probably would like to absolutely put that in. yes. But just sort of, I think that clarifies our terms a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, another word that our questioner wrote today that I want to start with as well is, uh, they said it gets very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I just would like to ask, first of all, that our, that the the one who wrote this question and you know others who may find yourself in that sort of situation, if you find yourself experiencing frustration before you engage in any sort of conversation or anything like this, try to rid yourself of that frustration. Yes, yes. And that would come from you know placing yourself in God's hands because when we're frustrated, we're not going to probably be able to communicate as effectively and as charitably mm-hmm. uh, as as we would want to. And that's that's always so needed. We have to have charity above all things. And so we want to, um, uh, you know, avoid, you know, expressing, fr- you know, the frustration that we might be might be feeling. So ask the Lord, you know, to just help to remove that that sense of, of frustration that might there be there. What I would uh, suggest, first of all, is I think that very likely you and your children, your adult children that you refer to in this question, are probably talking about two different realities, even though you're using the same word. You're using the word marriage, but actually you have in your mind two different things. And that may be some of the the frustration. You you end up sort of talking past each other without realizing it. So that's what I want to maybe at least help you to see that I think you're there are probably two different realities going on here. Um, it's it's pretty clear that you you're you're basing when you speak of marriage on what what Scripture has taught us, what we believe our faith has taught us, and what really you know. That our culture has had has pretty much adopted up until fairly recent times, and that is that that marriage is a part of God's creation. That God created marriage when He created the world, and there's a beautiful account of this in the second chapter of Genesis. Uh, God looks out, and having done all of creation, including the creation of Adam, God notices what I like to call the loneliness of Adam. That in this beautiful world, Adam is alone. And so he puts Adam to sleep. He takes the, removes the the rib from his side, and from that builds up Eve. And when Adam awakes and sees Eve, he's filled with delight. He says, finally, flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. And then it says, and for this reason, a man shall leave uh, his parents and be joined to his wife, and the two become one. Uh, He sees this being who is equal to him, like him. All the other creation was beautiful and wonderful, but there was nothing that was equal to him, that that, that shared his nature and his dignity in creation until he saw Eve. And yet, 
he also saw something that caused that delight within him, that was different from him, that was complementary to him, that fulfilled him in a way that nothing else could. And the two become one. They become one flesh. And from that union, um, there is the possibility of procreation, of children, of new life. And that's the natural sign of this, uh, of the fruitfulness of this, of this reality that God has created. And that's marriage. That's what, um, how God has revealed to us what marriage is. Well, the thing is, though, now we have come to a time, though, where our culture has very largely uh, shifted to a different understanding of marriage. That marriage is not sort of an objective reality out there (laughs) that is created by God, but really more of an expression of a a subjective emotion or, or feelings between two people, or even more than two people, I guess. Mm-hmm. It could be mm-hmm. um, that this emotion, which is usually given the word, the title, love. And you may have heard the expression, well, love is love. You know, you can love all kinds of people, love all kinds of, you know, things. This, this uh, emotional state isn't restricted in that, you know, this, this sort of an emotional uh, attachment. And that that is what, when you have that sort of, uh, attachment, and you want then to have that relationship, maybe share in some of these um, characteristics, or maybe even sort of you know privileges that have been attached to marriage uh, that we've known back through that 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 can be recognized as such, and that you just sort of hang a, a name on on this this subjective relationship, but it's not a really an objective reality. There's a very interesting definition that uh, Justice Kennedy gave one time that I, I, in the, one of his decisions. He says, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, mm. of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. So that's what we have, and I think that's pretty widely accepted in our culture now, that you, you create your own meaning. And, and that, that's, what we, that's what I think many people in our culture now mean by by marriage. And so when you are talking about marriage, and very likely I think your children are talking about marriage, you're talking about two different things. And in a sense, if you don't realize that, then you really talk past each other. As uh, Blessed John Henry Newman said, if in, in, in having to have a, a, a dialogue with other people, uh, a, a rational dialogue, you know, arguing in that sense of the word, not fighting it out with people, but trying to come to a, 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 an understanding of the truth. You can never get there unless you share the same premises. Uh, and if you don't, then you're just sort of, th- there's no place to, to find that, that common ground. And I'm afraid that's probably what's happening in your case. I think it happens very often when people, like probably most of our listeners on this station, who are coming out of a, um, a, a an understanding of marriage that's informed by by Scripture and by what the church has taught us, and like I said, even what our culture taught us until relatively recent times, start to talk about marriage with others who are formed more by the culture, the contemporary culture. 
we're just not understanding one another to start with. So that might help your frustration a little bit. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help you all to come to an agreement or something like that, but it can maybe help you understand why you're not coming to an agreement Mm -hmm. and maybe not quite be so frustrated because you're probably, you're not really probably talking about the the same, same things. Mm -hmm. Now, very often, I think when, when people like our questioner here is faced with uh, the situation, sometimes I'm not, I, I hope your children don't do this to you, but sometimes some pretty harsh language is directed. Like, how do you, how can you condone hate? You know, your position is hateful. Your position hurts people who, for example, perhaps are, um, have a, you know, a homosexual relationship mm-hmm. in that's expressed, you know, sexually and, um, and, and, and you're saying those people, those people can't love. And that's, that's hateful. And it's hard to hear that, you know, it's very, what, what do you do with that? And actually what we have to say in response to that, all we can, what we have to say in response to that is actually, frankly, it is sort of hard. It is difficult. Um, what, again, God has revealed to us about human sexuality is, is that it belongs, it should be expressed within marriage as God created it and God has revealed it to us. That's where it belongs and where it's fruitful and where that love uh, and, the, and the fruit of that love can be nurtured and nourished and, 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 and be good. Um, and, and that applies for everybody across the board. But I think sometimes on our, our, our side, maybe we're a little too, you know, fast to say that, uh, you know, that would apply to people who are not yet married or whatever. Um, but people who are, um, you know, who are, who have a homosexual inclinations, um, for them, that's a particular suffering, though. <laughs> if they have a deep set same sex attraction, um, then what it's saying is that sexual part of a relationship, that the reality of marriage is not really open to them ever. And, and that's a very, very hard thing to say. And all we can say to that as Christians is, well, we have to trust God. We have to surrender the control of our lives. And and in that particular case, take up that cross every day and follow him. And and realizing that's a very heavy cross. We need to be sympathetic with those who carry that cross. Um and avoid any sort of uh sign of of stigma or discrimination. Um I have to say, I've been very, very edified by by seeing people who who do this. Mm-hmm. There's an organization in the Catholic Church, Mary, and I know you know a oh, lot yeah, about it. Sure, I have many friends in it, and the I've, Courage, um, yes. Courage International, which um, I would direct our listeners to their website, CourageRC.org. The RC stands for Roman Catholic, so CourageRC.org. They have. They have incredible resources 
there, which um, really would help you also in in getting your head around the issue and and understanding it um, um, theologically, anthropologically, Christian anthropology. They have so much there that's so good, and they also offer the blessing of of. Others who, you know, they have personal witnesses and testimonies. Um, I have some very, I know all three of the people that are in the documentary, Everlasting Desire of the Everlasting Hills. Um, a couple of them are, well, one of them is a very good friend of mine who um, has, you know, I was thinking, Father, as you were talking about um, marriage, you know, they've, they use the word marriage for something that really isn't. And it's out of a strong desire, out of love for, for another person, you know, a person of the same sex. But they use that, but it, it's a word that is based in Christianity. It's, it's based in, well, it goes back to it it's goes based back in to, nature. It's really. based in nature. It's based in nature. Yes, it goes back even you know as you said into the into Genesis. Um, um, and so I'm thinking of my friend who uh, years ago, many years ago, had a a partnership, a civil partnership, which is what this used to be before it turned around to be called marriage. Um, I'm not sure um, why the the change in terminology had to come about, um, perhaps an undermining of marriage as we know it. Um, I, I don't understand that part of it. But what I will say is my friend um, has been in this civil partnership um, for many years and um, then had this wonderful conversion to the Catholic faith. And it had been raised in the Catholic faith and then had this conversion. And he is one of the most adamant opponents to same-sex marriage. He sees it from a different perspective now that he's, he, he still um, has this relationship with this friend. He would call it more his brother. Um, that's their relationship. And they love each other as brothers love each other. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how that can happen and that can happen, that people of the same sex can love each other, but the marriage part, and they can support each other. They can be, you know, there for each other all the time. Um, but the marriage part is not what this is. But back to um, those resources, there's another one that you could find. Um, it's called Pursuit of Truth Ministries, um, and that is um, the website for that is pursuitoftruth.ca. Interestingly, as I was looking through the resources on there, I found a link to a family sanctuary program with Mary Ann Jepson and the person with me. Um, you know, I didn't know that was there, which is, is very interesting. I just found that, discovered that today. So yay, St. Gabriel Radio, um, we're there. Um, good things. But one other thing that I might say um, and encourage people, if you're listening and you're challenged by this issue in some way in your families or whatever, there's a fabulous conference that comes up in the summer. It's July, usually. This next summer, it's going to be at Villanova University in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. And um, 
the joy and the hope and the blessing of each other and the friendships that you see there, you can see how how this is designed by God. It, it's such an incredible blessing. It's the Courage International Courage Conference happens every year. And I would strongly encourage you, the, the writer, uh, the author of this question, um, family members, whoever, uh, to attend that if you're able. You will find um, more information on that on their website. Um, but would, back to this question as well is it, it's a it's a it's a you know it's about so many things but on just a very practical level it's about how you resolve conflict or how you work with conflict in your families and in in other situations in life and father at the very beginning you said something about you know um, stopping at a moment uh, I think I, I can't remember your exact words on it. And, and, you know, understanding that you have two different approaches, two different thoughts to this, and that you're not going to get anywhere in this conflict if you don't stop first before a word even comes out of your mouth and say a prayer and ask for God's wisdom to come to you right at that moment. Let God's, let your words be God's words, be inspired by God, because the frustration that comes into these situations is never helpful. It's not going to win the other side over to your side. It's just not going to do it. But by showing that you have a respect and you understand the dignity of the person or persons who might be involved in this situation, not just the family member that's that's on the other the person's side um, for the uh, person that's same sex attracted, um, but but that person who's same sex attracted themselves any any conversation that you have with anyone about that you have to approach that with an understanding of their dignity and your responsibility to do your best to be God's agent to getting everybody to heaven that's around you, everybody that he puts in your life. And you have to do that with peace and love in your own heart. Um, if you approach conversations, particularly conflict ones, in that way, you're on the best path that you can be. And that's a struggle internally for most of us if we're not used to communicating in that way. Um, but you can learn. And, right. Well, and we have a great model of that, of course, in the Lord Jesus himself. Yeah. You know, it, we see him in the Gospels encountering all kinds of people at all kinds of places in their life mm-hmm. and, and and doing so sort of trying to reach out, speak to them, you know, where they are mm-hmm. um, and, and recognizing, loving them. Mm-hmm. This is the way God deals with each one of us. Uh, you know, if we only deal with people, you know, when they're lovable, then I always think, well, you know, God has dealt with me with great tenderness and mercy and patience mm-hmm. in times when I have not been very lovable, to tell mm-hmm. you the truth, yeah. or yeah. I've been you know, trying to turn away from him or something mm-hmm. like that. And so to do that, we, when we are in a situation with others where maybe there is a misunderstanding or we, we don't agree, um, still to love, yeah. still to show that patience, to recognize the dignity of that other person. You know, yeah. just like Adam yeah. waking up and and seeing Eve yeah. uh, this and so um, and in that place then you can come to it doesn't mean that's going to resolve everything no, and we don't just uh, gloss over everything and I'm not suggesting that but 
on the other hand, we can still love people that we disagree with very profoundly. And that seems to be something that our whole culture has lost. Yeah. That that talent. And, you know, um, some things just are not our responsibility. It's not our responsibility to force change on people. It's we can if we see sin before us and we've talked to people maybe about that in kind and loving ways, that's the best we can do. We can repeatedly maybe when the opportunity arises, but not to hammer them over the head with it. And sometimes, you know, it's just your responsibility to go back into silence and pray for those people, pray for everyone involved. That's the best thing you can really do sometimes because words fail, but your prayer for, uh, for the people in your life, um, who may not, may, may be apart from the faith or whatever, your prayer for them has more power than your words do. And, um, words can get us into trouble. They can, they can help and they can evangelize, but they can also sometimes get us into trouble. So sometimes in those places, it's just like, yeah. I need to go away. I need to go into my room, my cell, whatever it is, and pray. And this may be the part of the cross that we need to take on. That's exactly right. Is to yeah. be willing to bear the cross with others. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, especially yeah. if they're not willing to, you know. Yeah, that's right. Say, I, I'll, I'll carry this for you. Uh, sort of like yeah. Simon of Cyrene, you know, who helped Jesus carry his cross. Yeah. And, um, uh, well, Father, it's been another good show, I think. Uh, is time up? I think I, time is up. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, the two of us get started, and it's hard to turn us off. But uh, you know what? I think we're we're being turned off here if we don't say farewell <laughs> and God bless and come back again. So um, l- would you please close us out with a blessing? Certainly. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And you can catch us on Mondays at 1230 and Sundays at 2 p.m. I'm sorry, I don't quite remember. But tune in then and um, come back next time. God bless.